Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita, and let's begin. Hi there. Welcome to episode four of the Love Food Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. Today, we're going to be talking about movement, exercise, sweating, and what is everybody else thinking about your body when you're at the gym? We have a very, very important letter from someone who is experiencing a craving to move her body yet just feels so uncomfortable because she experiences her body is a lot larger and the shame and stigma that comes along with that. I had the privilege of speaking with my very good friend and mentor, and um, she's going to give us a lot of insight on how to connect to the wisdom that's going to help wannabe Jim Rat, our letter writer, to experience more body positivity and peace with food. So let's listen to the letter. Dear Food, I feel like if I can just muster up the confidence to go to the gym, I can actually enjoy you without feeling so guilty. But everyone is always staring at me, judging. For example, I heard that yoga really helps with stress, and I have lots of that, so I gave it a try. Within the first few minutes doing Downward Dog, my body couldn't do it. I was mortified. My belly was just in the way and I ran out after a few minutes. I could read their thoughts on their faces. Why is that tub of lard here? She doesn't even know what she's doing. She looks like a whale in those pants. I know these are the thoughts running through the other gym goers' minds. I'm way too embarrassed in my body to be comfortable enough to lift weights or go to a spin class with other people around. I sweat, I sweat a lot. I know it's because I'm big, and I know people will think that is so gross. I love to exercise. I love the way it feels, but just when I'm by myself, walking and jogging around the block at 4 a.m. so that people don't see me, trying to do workout videos in my apartment so people don't judge me, going at 1 a.m. to the gym in my apartment complex so that I know people won't be awake so people don't have to be around me. I know that exercise is key to maintaining a healthy body, but I'm just so uncomfortable in the gym environment. I feel so good after a tough workout. I just don't want to be judged. How can I get over this gnawing, embarrassingly shameful feeling? Sincerely, uncomfortable, wannabe gym rat. Hi there, wannabe gym rat. Thank you. Thank you so much for your letter. And wow, that sounds so tough. You want to move yet... Body shame is so thick, it's preventing you from doing what you and your body want. So many years ago, I was working with a therapist because I was fearing um, certain projects and doing certain things in my life because of the fear of others judging me. And this therapist said, I needed to stay out of other people's brains. We don't belong there. 
and also described this 80-20 rule. And I think about it often, and I wonder if it would be helpful for you. This 80-20 rule is that 80% of people don't even notice when we walk in the room. And 20% may notice, but does that mean they're really thinking these really intense, judgmental things about our body or about us in general? We really don't know what other people are thinking. And can be helpful to just remind ourselves that we don't belong in their brains. And want to be Jim Rat, I need to also remember that my experiences may be different from yours. I do acknowledge that I have a culturally acceptable body. You know, I live in this smaller kind of body and I've never experienced life in a larger body. So I need to also acknowledge something that there is no immediate solution to, and that is weight stigma. You know, the the oppression that you're feeling just because of living in a body that culturally we aren't acknowledging is okay. There isn't a really quick solution to this, yet I want you to know a few things. One is that I personally very much acknowledge that all bodies are good bodies. And there are many people who agree with me. And I'm going to put some information in the show notes for you on resources to help you with aligning with others who are acknowledging that um, weight oppression is not health promoting and it's not okay. And I don't know if you have ever seen the show, My Big Fat Fabulous Life. Whitney Thor is a a person who is in a larger body, and I had the privilege of working with her on the show. And as her dietitian, something that I really loved seeing her do on the screen and um, show many people is that weight stigma is very much a thing. And all bodies deserve respect and reclaiming your power can help you experience health and also body positivity. So I'll also put a link to to the show in the show notes for you. And I really want to talk a little bit more about something you mentioned in your letter. I found it very interesting that you were drawn to yoga. Now, yoga is something that has lots and lots of research behind it to promote health and also stress relief, which you describe in your letter. And I often encourage my clients who are working to experience more body positivity to experiment with yoga to see if it's something that they do find to be energizing and helpful for them. And I appreciate that you came across the stumbling stumbling block. You know, yoga, how it's often conventionally taught is not for diverse body sizes and abilities. And I think that's wrong. You know, and I really would say this to anyone who works in the exercise or movement industry that it's important for there to be a way to educate people of all shapes and sizes to be able to do these exercises or these movements. And we can't just assume that everyone has a certain body size, especially because as a human, we're all we're all meant to move. 
And it's part of being alive is just movement. And not all of us want to be a gym rat like you're describing. And I also think all of us are meant to move in some way. And since you're craving yoga, I think it's important to discuss it more. And something that's really cool that's happening in the yoga um, teaching world um, is that there are people who are now focusing on how to teach yoga that is inclusive with all body sizes. Because you're right, you know, when someone is in a larger body, doing some of the very first poses like downward dog can feel different and there needs to be modifications. I have a really good friend. Her name is Deborah Benfield, and she is someone who has special training in yoga for different body sizes. And oh, she is so awesome. And she is a mentor of mine for many, many years. And besides being a yoga teacher, she's also a registered dietitian, specializes in, in eating disorders. So I'm going to give her a call, see if we can get a hold of her. And I have a feeling she'll be enthusiastic about helping us with some solutions. So let's give her a call. Hello. Hey, Deborah. It's Julie Dillon. Hey, Julie. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm so I'm so good, and I'm so glad that you can chat about uncomfortable wannabe gym rat. I would yeah. love I would love to know your thoughts. Like, did you have any initial impressions? My very first impression is that if if wannabe gym rat was sitting across from me right now, I would have to say. My first impression is that you've already got so much more going on in a positive way than so many people that I talk to. I think it's striking that you already have a comfort with your body and that it sounds from your letter as if you've had quite a bit of experience moving your body around to the mm. point of getting sweaty. So clearly you already have some comfort and you already have some interest and curiosity about moving. And I think that's the first impression that I have. Well, and Deborah, you know, something that I need to be honest with is I know you really well. <laughs> and so I yes. can't even <laughs> pretend like I don't. But I know our listeners don't know you as well as I know you. And um, I, I let them know that you're a registered dietitian and that you're also a yoga teacher and a very yeah. special yoga teacher. And and you just mentioned your work and um, most of the people you work with. So tell us yeah. a little bit more um, about what, you're, what you do. Well, I am, as you are, a registered dietitian, nutritionist who specializes in working with folks who are struggling with their eating and eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And I noticed in my own yoga class, in my own body, an obvious connection to my internal sensation that was striking in that it was a lot like how I'm trying to talk to my patients all the time about noticing what their body's wisdom is offering when it comes to appetite, like noticing that you're actually hungry, satisfied, full. And it occurred to me that it was like a shortcut. It was like this magic carpet ride straight to the source so I started inviting my yoga teacher into my workshops and classes and groups and referring my patients to her. And then it occurred to me that I love this so much <laughs> that I probably should go do this myself. So 
I interviewed lots of folks and did a lot of research. And about a year later, I found Anna Guest Jelly, who is one of the most amazing people I've ever met. She created a program called Curvy Yoga that is to help yoga teachers learn how to modify and empower all kinds of bodies to do yoga. That yoga is not just for a certain kind of body, but for all bodies. So I studied with Anna, adore her, and now I offer my own classes, individual instructions, workshops, groups, and integrate it into my work. And it's absolutely my passion and feel like it's very helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, I love how you call it a magic carpet ride. That sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> but I never thought about yoga being, I guess what you're saying, it's kind of like a, it expedites the mind-body yes. connection. Yes. But it sounds even more fun on a magic carpet. But <laughs> so, so what you're saying, though, is this person, uncomfortable wannabe gym rat, like she, yes. she seems to be kind of even moved farther ahead than a lot of clients you start with because oh, she already yes. knows or she's already yes. connected, I guess, to her body. Is that what you're saying? She, well, she sounds like she's very comfortable in her own body and has done a beautiful job of not internalizing all of the judgment that she is having such a hard time with. Mm. Her letter sounds as if her primary issue is feeling judged and mm. feeling some sense of shame about her body. And I'm, I'm also struck by not only the way she feels about the judgment of size, but also sweating. So there are a couple of things I wanted to say about that. Yeah, definitely. Tell us what you're but thinking. I, but I think it's just absolutely just, I, the first thing I notice is that she's moving and that there's no resistance at all, zero resistance. She very much wants to, she just wants to find the right place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to talk to her about. So the first thing that I would encourage her to do is to, really try to do a frame shift and notice that she already has a lot going for her and to really kind of see that as a strong positive. I mean, she sounds really badass to me. She's just kind of noticing that the rest of the world hasn't caught up with her. And so she's trying to find the right place so that she can truly be herself and move her body around. And she's like many hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of other women that feel the same way. So there's, I think there's a huge swelling of underground support for this process that's not so underground anymore. And I wanted to talk a little bit about both places that she can go online and in her community and in her own home that will help her feel a little bit more powerful so she can go into any yoga class and know that she belongs there and that she can move her body. And really, one of the first tenets of yoga is ahimsa, which means basically compassion and love for self and others. So people who are truly yogis in a yoga class are trying to stay on their own mats and dropping a judgment in the first place. So that's part of their process. So if she can realize that that's not her problem, that they have their own work to do, I know that's very difficult. But to see that their judgment, you know, is their own work. And for her to see that her work is to feel awesome and positive about her own body and that she truly is enough as she is in her present body in the present moment, which is also a, a yogic process. Oh, that's so awesome. That yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. So 
When I hear self-compassion, it always moves me towards acceptance. And is that what you're describing with yoga then too? Well, I think over time, I think that is what happens in a yoga class or if you begin to practice yoga, that you become more aware, more conscious of body sensation. And then, of course, everybody, no matter what size they are, there is, there, there is challenge in a yoga class, even if, even if it's Shavasana, which is the final pose where you are trying to let go and just receive the gift of rest. I mean, that's challenging for an awful lot of people. I've had people tell me that that's the hardest part of the class is to quiet their mind and let go. So everyone is challenged, no matter what your personal circumstances are. Yoga is challenging spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. everybody has their own process that they're engaged in. So if you can remember that when you're walking in the class, so that you can just breathe and pay attention to your own process of, yes, body acceptance would be wonderful. Body connection and attunement is also one of the primary reasons that I think yoga is helpful in the process of working with eating issues. And of course, learning how to deal with your own anxieties, going into a yoga class invites you into more of a sense of calm and ease and maybe even stillness in your mind by the end of the class. So if eating and anxiety and stress are related, because that's very common no matter what your issue is. There's so much struggle with anxiety. Yoga is such a beautiful place to give you a skill set, a place to manage anxiety and stress. Well, and you know, the thing that wannabe gym rat asked us too, was that she was wanting to get rid of this like shameful feeling. And what you're describing is basically like going to a yoga class with the intent of like sitting with the anxiety, if that's one of the parts that leads to her to that shame in order to maybe experience more of her herself or being more attuned to herself so she can kind of work through that. Is that what you're saying? Certainly. That's a, that's a big part of it. Okay. I think based on what I'm reading in this letter from her, um, I think she, she is noticing that there's a relationship between sensing the judgment from others and her starting to feel a sense of shame herself. And so allowing herself to kind of separate what other people are thinking about her from how she feels about herself is a really nice process. If she can start to not internalize their judgment and stay with her own experience and her own thoughts and her own sensation in class on and off the mat, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be very empowering for her as she walks out into the world or into any kind of class. Yeah, well, definitely. And I think, you know, the way that she was writing too about her experience in yoga specifically yes. it 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 with having her like belly in the way and i feel like that must have just been another reminder that she's in this world where her body isn't culturally right. acceptable and you and i both were on the same page with body positivity and all bodies are good bodies and you know i i find myself frustrated that the conventional yoga outside of the one that you're talking about doesn't really include um, or doesn't appear from one of our experience yoga classes to include modifications for people of different body sizes. 
And I know we've spoken before about the modifications, but I would love to hear more about that. Like, and I'm sure the listeners would too, about like using modifications in yoga in order to have the experience, but also the, the oppression of not using them, how other yoga teachers by not using them, how that also is, is something that's keeping people from yoga. Right. And there are two things that kind of come to mind. So I hope I can not lose track of those two things. Mm-hmm. The first thing is what you're saying about modifications. Like truly, everybody who walks into yoga class has a different body. We're all so unique. Our pelvis is different from the next pelvis over. I mean, we are truly unique and nothing brings you to the awareness of that faster than being in yoga class when you know, you moving your leg in a certain way, your leg might not might not go that way, your arms on all the same length, your trunk's on all the same length. So everything shifts into yoga class. I mean, being aware of your own body and how, like even a forward fold, for example, if you need to take your feet a little further apart so that you have more space, or if you need to bend your knees because your hamstrings are a little tighter, you know, there are all sorts of little ways that you can get curious about your own body and ways that you can accommodate and create a sense of comfort and ease because the goal is not to hurt. The goal is to find that place where you are at ease. You feel challenged but also at ease. So you really have to tune in. You can't look at a teacher or a picture or an image on the outside. You have to tune inside to know where to put your feet, what feels best for you in that moment in your practice. And you may have to move your belly. You may have to not only make space by like giving yourself a little bit more of a, a, a broader step. You may actually need to take your belly in your hands and move it, either tuck it in or move it to the side so that you can breathe. It's, it's pretty amazing, actually. Hmm. And my teacher taught me how to do those things and instruct my students to do that. But everybody really is different. And over time, you know, doing the downward-facing dog that she mentions in the first part of her letter, I mean, my hunch about her is that she probably needed to to start with what I call downward-facing puppy, you know, and then work toward downward-facing dog with a lot more spaciousness in the way she had her stance. So some poses allow your body to meet like child's pose you are you're going to feel your belly I don't care what size your belly is you're going to feel your belly and to work on resting your gaze on your heart center and shining a little more light on your belly aligning more a lot more love and care on your belly you know you create a different relationship with your belly just based on how you're talking to yourself Right. Yeah, it does. It does make a lot of sense. Well, what do you think about, uh, I don't, like I said, I don't hear a lot of people talking about this type of body awareness in yoga classes. And maybe it's just because I haven't been to a lot of different yoga classes, but it, it doesn't seem like talking about, especially larger bodies as, um, how to make those modifications. I don't hear it as often. Well, I, I do want to say that I think that no matter what size body you have, you can go do any yoga class. There is a there is a woman who has quite a I think she has a quite a following on social media, and her handle is my name is Jessamine, 
and I'm going to see if I can look to see how to, to spell that for your listeners. Oh, well, J- you know, yeah, I was going to say, I can, I can just put it in the show notes too. So you don't okay. even have to spell. Okay. <laughs> well, my name is Jessamine. Yes. Does amazing things that you can see on social media and you can kind of watch her progress. If you look through all of her images that she's gotten stronger and more capable and is a yoga teacher herself. I think she's very inspiring. It's so nice to see all kinds of bodies. And that's what we see more and more and more on social media is that all kinds of bodies can do all kinds of yoga. But we all have to start somewhere. So and I guess Jelly's program, Curvy Yoga, is so awesome if you want to try to practice some things online or if you want to go to her website and find people in your geographic area so that you can actually go to a curvy yoga class with a curvy yoga certified teacher who has been taught how to modify. And also curvy yoga teachers actually teach a pose from the most modified position. So you don't, you don't see the teacher do what's called full expression, which means like the ultimate of a pose they start with a modification and then build to, I hope this makes sense. Yes, because that, that's exactly what I'm not experiencing. Versa. Yeah, I'm not but, experiencing that because every yoga yeah. class I've been to, I think they're starting then with the end result yeah. and not right. the right. beginning. Oh, that's just so amazing because that's because keeping it, us from being in our bodies and, yes. and figuring out what is the way to, for us to be the most centered. Right. That because, blows me away. Because you're in your head and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do that. This is, my body's not right for this. You know, you, you know, all of your judgment and doubt and criticism, your inner critic has a field day when you see a full expression and you can't have that same experience in your body. So for a teacher to start with a modification, which is where you are, and then build from there, you feel so powerful and you can be in your body instead of in your judgment in your head. It's awesome. Well, it seems that sets us up to then go for the challenge side of yoga to help us expand and empower to do more with it. It seems like that would set the stage for that instead of going backwards, like you're describing, which seems more typical. And you could also become more aware of what feels good to you. Yeah. Yeah. you, You know, that place where, for tonight, this is about right. This is as far as I need to go. I'll yeah. stay right here instead of pushing. Right. And it sounds like uncomfortable wannabe gym mat. The part of what could be helpful for her is finding people that are going to be more inclusive. And um, I would definitely include curvy yoga in there. So then hopefully there's someone close by, or at least then she can go on Anna's website and maybe go through some of yes. the videos so she can learn her own kind of modifications. Right. And, um, so then also then when she goes to yoga or any kind of exercise type of experience to also be grounded and centered in the, that this, she's right there for herself and everybody else's stuff is their stuff. You know, I'm wondering um, one more thing, because one of the first things that this letter writer mentions is that if she could just muster up the confidence to go to the gym more, she could actually enjoy food without feeling guilty. And it kind of was under the radar. I kind of forgot about it until just now looking at it. And I think that is something that is so, um, gosh, it's it's pretty typical for people to think about, well, if I exercise so much, I get to earn eating. Or if I eat too much, then I need to have a penance with exercise. And um, that always is something that's uncomfortable 
to sit with for me because I, I just, I feel like, you know, in order for us to have permission to eat, we just need to be human. Um, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that part. Boy, (laughs) I tend to go straight into looking at the reality of trusting our bodies and understanding that nourishment is a provision of energy that we can trust our bodies to use. And there really doesn't have to be a burn off or a workout to simply let your body be nourished. So all the things that I think you're saying, like you don't have to earn that, you don't have to work it off, you can trust that your body will let you know when you've had enough. And actually, I think our bodies let us know when we want to move around. I mean, I think we get antsy and we want to actually stretch. You know, animals get up and stretch as soon as they get up. And some of us do too. If we're a little bit more tuned in, we might know that our back is getting kind of tight when we've been sitting for a while. So we, our bodies let us know that it's time to move. Our bodies let us know when we're hungry and when we need to be nourished and when we've had enough and it's time to stop. So getting out of our heads with all the rules and the shoulds and just trusting. Yeah. I like how you yeah. call it nour- nourishment. And I I find that right. word nourishment is so close to like nurturing. And so right. as long as, as, as she trusts that her body's going to let her know. And right. like you said, like she's connected to movement and she there's is. a great pathway Um, or maybe not great isn't the word I would like to use, maybe even like an open pathway that's pretty um, well known to her about how much she enjoys and benefits from moving. And so just staying connected to that is is amazing. And a lot of people aren't experiencing that part of connection with movement for themselves. So, So the food part or the eating part is basically kind of in the same area. So just knowing that her right. body will, will let her know. And um, yeah, I just wish it wasn't so normal to feel like a person needs to, to burn off the calories they eat. And instead of, you know, we, every day we need to nourish ourselves and we also need to move our body. And it's yes. just part of the flow of life and not this kind of calorie uh, math equation that we constantly have to be doing, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. I don't think we need a gadget to let us know that. No, I think you and me will probably yeah. be the last two people without Fitbits. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Nothing has to buzz and remind me. No, <laughs> just just my my body telling me it's time to eat. That's all. Well, um, I'm wondering before I let you go, um, I've been asking all of the guests on the show if they have anything that they would like to add to our food peace syllabus. And the food peace syllabus is basically a way for us to combine all of the knowledge we're getting through this process, writing letters of food and ways to kind of keep tabs on it and review it as needed. And, you know, as we spoke about want to be gym rat, were there any resources that you think would be really helpful to her and to anyone else experiencing the same thing? Well, we haven't really talked about the way she talked about being sweaty. Mm-hmm. And then there was a video that I'm sure you saw that came out of the UK. There was a campaign called This Girl Can. And they had an awesome video with lots of jiggling bodies and lots of sweaty bodies. And basically, their entire reason to exist is to let women know that they can, no matter what, no matter where, no matter what they look like, even if they're sweating, they can move and enjoy themselves. I think it's very powerful. So it's called This Girl Can. Or maybe it's called This Girl Can. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasize can. I have seen it. And yes. I love that. Every time I see that video, I want to like 
I wouldn't say I'd go run a marathon, but I feel like I want to go run really fast. Yes, um, I consider but, myself a retired runner now, but, but so maybe I would go skip or ride a bike or something. But um, I think it just makes me feel really empowered about my body. It's just that video is is just great. It's brilliant. Well, the way that it kind of, I think I was so struck by the sweat because it, it just reminds me of how cleaned up so much of our our what we're exposed to is that you just don't see women sweat mm. quite as much in so many of these, you know, images that we receive. So it was really nice to see sweaty, jiggly women's bodies doing all sorts of powerful things. And the other thing I wanted to mention as far as supportive um, information, and I think I would like to just read this if I have a minute. And yeah, sure. Also include it. And it's called the Curvy loving kindness meditation part of yoga and part of meditation practice is to work on loving kindness so this one's specific to working with body judgment and it starts by saying may i greet my life with gentleness may i soften when life invites me to harden may i listen to my intuition with wisdom and trust it with ease may i appreciate my body a little more in this moment just as it is Oh, that's, that. a, that's so great. That's it so is. great. Thank you. So that's also from um, the Curvy Yoga, Yoga website. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like I'm going to give you a couple of website recommendations. Yeah, those are My great. My name is Jessamine, Curvy Yoga. And Diane Bondi Yoga is another body positive site that I think people might find helpful. Well, and also if in case someone is within the vicinity of where you and I live, um, what about programs that you offer? Cause I know you have retreats yeah. and, and yeah. yoga classes, um, throughout the whole year. So tell us about yes. that. Well, on my website, which is body in, I in mind nutrition, I have links to classes, workshops. You can also schedule an individual session and I will be doing a retreat this spring. Oh, great. Specifically to this topic. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, yeah. Deborah. It's always great to chat thank with you. you. And um, it, it stinks that it's not over coffee today, but, yes. you know, over the phone we'll have to do. But I'm so glad you could help. And I think you gave so much more insight to want to be Jim Rat to, how you know, find a way for her now to stay connected to her body and then also maybe to other people out there that can have influence over the environment of movement, you know, how to also modify to allow more inclusivity. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful afternoon. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So wannabe Jamrat, I think Deborah has given us a lot to think about and I certainly hope the discussion helps with continuing to nourish the connection that you have with your body to movement. And I just want to echo what Deborah said, that there's a really beautiful connection there that is only going to serve to help promote peace and nourishment with yourself. And I certainly hope that as you stay connected to that and grounded to what you're wanting out of each movement experience and moving away from what other expectations may be going on in the room. I hope it does help you to feel more peaceful, more at ease, and also helps you change those around us and others can mimic what you're doing. So I see that food has written back. Let's hear what food has to say. 
Dear Uncomfortable Wannabe Gym Rat, thank you for writing. Please know we food choices are here as a necessity for connecting with life and not dependent on how much you exercise. Place your hand on your heart. Feel it beat. With each beat, know your body right now requests nourishment with food, movement, and compassion. Stay connected. This wisdom is very important. It's always there just by placing your hand on your heart. Love. Food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your dear food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food Series. Have you enjoyed the show, or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrg. Take care.